1: Good morning, Rod Squad.
2: Maybe tomorrow I'll tell you guys about the big game that I went to in San Antonio with Snoop Dogg. Remember that one, Clark? The Lakers and Spurs? Snoop Dogg and I went, Bob. How about that? Snoop Dogg was sitting courtside. I was up in the nosebleeds, but we were in the arena at the same time. We were, I was there with him. This is the Rod Peterson Show hi everybody Uh, yes it is it's rp and oh boy oh boy oh boy i'm excited we're changing things up a little bit here to open a brand new week on a tuesday we're coming in hot episode number 1074 of your favorite daytime sports talk show now in close to two million more homes on shaw rogers channel 230 Always on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio Podcast and YouTube Live. I'm in Florida, as you can see. Darren Moose DuPont is in Toronto. We're being broadcast out of Regina, Saskatchewan, directed and produced in Toronto on television and Atlanta on radio. And I hope you're ready for a lot of fun over the next two hours, Moose and our viewers and our audience. I just can't wait. You and I talked earlier today. You said there's a million things to talk about. I've narrowed it down to six here in the world warm-up that we'll get to, but uh, what would you like to talk about the most, sir? The show is one half
1: you. You know what? There's so much that I want to talk about. Um, I feel like between the weekend and football, the CFL versus college, which really got going. I know it was week zero a week ago so i really want to get into that but before anything i want you to tell me more about that fau game because first of all it was cool to see it down there um no you know no worries about anything you got the photographer's bib on on the sidelines and how was the college experience Okay,
2: I'm glad you asked. Thank you, Moose. Um, I've been going to FAU games the last couple of years, but I never applied to go as media. And I thought, well, I'm here now. I'm going to be here. It's week one for them. They're home opener. Might as well go, right? And uh, okay. I'm very grateful. People need to understand this young broadcasters. They want to know how come I can't have what Rod has. It's 35 years, bro. These teams have all checked me out and this show and my career. And they're like, yeah, come on in. NFL, NHL, NCAA. And Katrina with Florida Atlantic University, she's like, okay, you can check in halfway down the field. Uh, your photographer's bib will be there. And I'm like, I didn't apply to be a photographer, but you know what? Let's do it. So I did. So I, I you know me, I got all, I got everything I need technological gear and so forth. So uh, yeah, I got in there and was on the sidelines. It was Tom Herbin's first game. The game, by the way, took three hours and 44 minutes to play. That's just wrong. You understand in the Canadian football, like, University in Canada, you've called those games? Three hours is not unheard of. We try to stay away from three-hour games in the CFL. This was almost four hours long, and it wasn't on national television. It was streamed. Other than that, it was fantastic. So that's my thing. And, of course, Friday night, I was at the high school game at Cardinal Gibbons, and that was great, too. How was your university call? You called the Canada West kickoff game yourself.
1: It was awesome, and we learned a lot. You know, um, I was in Winnipeg for the Manitoba Bisons and the Saskatchewan Huskies, who have been to the last two Vanier Cups. They haven't won, but they've been there. Now they're without Mason Nias, who is the Heck Crichton nominee. They had this young quarterback in who's got a cannon of an arm, but he threw a couple picks in the first half. Manitoba was, was up by 18 at the half, but when this kid figured it out, at halftime, it was ping, 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 and the Huskies came back and won by three. So I, I'm excited uh, for the season. It was a great way to start it off.
2: It's, can you hit the quick stick show horn, Director Joiner? I know you're sitting there just finger on the just waiting so, <laughs> so there you go thank you um 20 days until the Florida Panthers play their first game by the way it's a double header at FLA Live Arena which I understand is going to be undergoing a name change here coming up shortly the home of the Florida Panthers 20 days until then it's going to be a heck of a lot of football and as I talked to my 12-step sponsor Bob I talked to him every day you know him uh, I said we both said it's kind of overwhelming but Just getting a handle on all the football, let alone college itself, but also NFL, Canadian football. But how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So I'll say this. So everybody's come here today to talk about Canadian Football League stuff because we are in the throes of their season. And I will tell you that the EMJ Marketing text line is open. 902-518-3033. It's provided by... EMJ Marketing. They'll supply the right keynote speaker for your event. Contact Joe at emjmarketing.com today. So our point one, the Canadian Football League has suspended Saskatchewan defensive end Pete Robertson for a game following his headbutt of Winnipeg quarterback Zach Caleros in the Labor Day Classic Sunday in Regina. The CFL announced the suspension Monday following the Riders' 32 30 overtime home win over the Blue Bombers. According to the CFL, Robertson will serve the suspension when the two teams meet Saturday in the Banjo Bowl in Winnipeg. Late in the fourth quarter, Robertson batted down a second down pass from Caleros. Afterwards, he went up and headbutted the veteran quarterback, him to the turf. Initially, there was a no penalty call, but a late flag was thrown, and Robertson received a 15-yard unnecessary roughness call and was allowed to continue playing. I'll just sashay over to the EMJ marketing text line. Rick has uh, there's a shot of it. Thank you, Clark. Um, We don't have the video. I'm not sure that we're legally allowed to roll up, but th- there you go. Like so, we got a one-game suspension. I'd be far more upset if Zach wasn't wearing a helmet. It was mask to mask. So we'll get to the suspension of what we think about it in a moment. Rick in Martinsville writes in and he says, Oh boy, Rod, you got them bomber fans all riled up. Just skim through a bomber page and they have your take as a heading. They certainly are an insecure bunch. Well, I felt it had been a little too quiet around here. I needed to kick the hornet's nest a little bit and we sufficiently did. I got I, I people writing me going, What do you think about the suspension, Rod? I'm like, Well, what do you care? I, I think it's not, I think it's too much. I don't think it's worth It's a fine. It's not a suspension. I, Wah, blah, 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 and then they jump down my throat. I'm like, You asked. And 10, 20 years ago, for sure, that is literally that's nothing. That was happening on every play back in the day. So the game has changed. I understand that. I respect that. I think it was too much. Um, but now you got Winnipeg all frothing and, and uh, going nuts. So, uh, listen, I'll get to the poll question in a moment. Darren, your take on just that incident, the headbutt itself.
1: It's, is it fine-worthy, suspension-worthy? I think it's right on the line. And I think this is, you know, we got to bring back the, the word supplemental discipline. I think this is one of those situations that applies, that, you know, there was a penalty on the play, which ended up extending the drive and letting Winnipeg score the touchdown. So there was some penalty on the play. But I think if he had been ejected for the rest of the game, we're not talking about a suspension now. So I think, you know, they yeah. acted in this way. And I think it's, it's only because of the head contact. I think, you know, we're trying to establish that, you know, you can't touch the head, especially of the quarterback. And, and now it's, you know, other players too. You can't target the head no matter what. We're seeing it in hockey. It doesn't matter how hard it is. I think the fact that it, was, it wasn't even a football play plays <laughs> into it. So I think it's okay. But I, I think it's right on the line of whether it's a suspendable or not suspendable offense.
2: Um, Hey, everybody writing in, (coughs) pardon me, with their comments. (laughs) David in Winnipeg, I can't get to all the comments. I understand you're all hot and bothered everybody, and I get it, but just hang on. I know we invite audience participation. I could sit here all day going back and forth with the audience, and we probably will, but we only have two hours. David in Winnipeg says, move and Rod, do you think Zach handled it appropriately the way he did when addressing the media by complaining about it? Zach normally doesn't say anything. <laughs> trust me, I know. I was the broadcaster on the team. Normally, he doesn't give sound bites in interviews. He was ticked off. What do you expect him to be? Yeah. But I will say this. What they're also upset about in Winnipeg with my take, and trust me, I firmly believe this. My feet attach very firmly to the ground. They're very, very upset that they lost the game 32-30. They're directing it all, Robertson and Ryder fans and me, and it kind of conveniently gives them the excuse to not talk about why they conceded that rouge or did whatever they could do to should have got that ball out of the end zone, which set them up to lose the game. Zach wasn't very good. The offense was in the starters' blocks for the entire first half. They weren't good. So my point is a headbutt. Boo-hoo. And incidentally, I don't care who wins. Regina and Winnipeg are our two top cities for viewership. Our analytics show that. So I'm not picking sides. What I, like, for the, I just found it rather cute what a lot of the media in Winnipeg were doing. Not, 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 you know, the least of which Bob Irving, the Hall of Fame voice of the Bombers. He isn't anymore. But he was as if the CFL has any integrity, they'll suspend Pete Robertson. I'm like. To me, that's outright daring the Canadian Football League to sup- suspend the guy. And I didn't think they'd cave and do it. I really didn't. Um, your thought, what do you think about the media reaction out of Winnipeg yeah. regarding the headbutt?
1: Well, you know, it's their quarterback, and you think instantly it's got to be a suspension. I wonder, too, Rod, if these two teams weren't meeting next week in the, or this weekend in the Banjo Bowl, would he have been suspended? You know, I think that plays a role of managing the game, which, you know, some fans will say you, don't, you shouldn't be managing the game, just call the rule book. Well, you are managing the game because you're trying to avoid problems. You know, if you don't suspend them, you're, you're leaving that kind of uh, stick of dynamite on the field with a fuse ready to be lit, right, and go off. So you suspend them and just say, you know what, whether it, it, it deserves a suspension or not, we're going to save the banjo bowl from any of this distraction and just play the game, um, and then we'll just move on. So, I think that has a lot to do with the, with the one game suspension, the fact that they're playing again right away. You bring up a good point, though. Uh, and and it was the
2: last game I ever called as a Rough Rider, I guess. 2018 playoff semifinal in Regina. Jackson Jeff Goat took the head off our starting quarterback, Brandon Bridge, in the playoff game, knocked him out of the game, and they went on to win. And nobody said Jack squat about that in Winnipeg. Nothing. So, again, Trust me, I'm over. I forgot about it till somebody brought that up. Jacks coat, t- uh, t- Jacks coat, Jackson Jeff coat taking off Brandon Bridge's head in a game, and nobody in Winnipeg said squat about that. So, so I guess let me just say this: my Facebook post from our show page has close to a thousand comments. Might be over a thousand now. People saying some really mean things out of Winnipeg, and some Ryder fans too at me. <sighs> I missed it. <laughs> I missed it. If you look at the DMs, your your show is the most garbage show on television. Oh, thank God you're paying attention. If they weren't talking about us, I'd be really worried. Right? So the, the, the poll question today for Key Auto Group, and at the Key Auto Group, you can buy with confidence knowing that they provide reports on all vehicles they sell. Get fully informed about your next vehicle by going to keyautogroup.ca. How do you feel about the suspension? I say it's too long. Um, the uh, majority voting for it's just right. I saw over 80% saying it's just right. And then too long, not long enough, split. And there's that. So we're going to move along. You can vote over the next 24 hours on Twitter and YouTube. Thanks for playing. There were other games, folks. The Toronto Argonauts and Calgary Stampeders were Labor Day winners in the CFL, day, uh, CFL Monday. The Argos defeated the Tiger Cats 41-28 in Hamilton, improved to 9-1. Ho-hum. Stampeders, though, scored 22 points in the fourth quarter to edge the visiting Edmonton Elks 35-31. The Stamps, who snapped a three-game slide, improved to 4-8. and and uh, the Elks fell to two and ten. So, I don't know what you're th- I didn't watch much of the Hamilton-Toronto game. We were out doing stuff. Watched most of the Calgary-Edmonton game. And for me, I was happy Calgary won. You like to see teams win their home games. Huge crowd there. Uh, it was all great. Except for Edmonton wilting in the fourth quarter. So, I just got a kick out of my friends Terry Jones up in Edmonton. the legendary columnist for the Edmonton Sun, Eddie Steele. Eskimos alum going, time to get back to the bandwagon. How can we not be excited about this team? And then, Pfft. but they're still excited. Edmonton couldn't win three in a row at this point. It would have been too unbelievable in the script. Nobody would have believed it. Darren, if we're following a script here of what's going on,
1: the right things happen in the CFL on the weekend. What do you think? They, yeah, they did. But it's no longer that the Stampeders beat the lowly Elks right, or the hapless yeah. Elks. The, the, the team in Edmonton is a football team now, right? They're a football team that we're going to take seriously no matter who they play in the CFL now the rest of the way. And the question will be, can they win enough games? They're going to have to win a significant amount more than they lose. But can they win enough games to be in the playoff conversation come the final three weeks of the year? Um, that's yet to be determined. But to me, the way they played this game and kind of the last couple of weeks, they not put the league on notice that they're, they're a great cup contender here, but they're a real football team again, and that's a really good thing, and that's going to make the West really interesting here the rest of the way.
2: we got a lot more coming on the pipe. Kirk from Toronto, watching on Game Plus TV, writes in on the EMJ Marketing Test Line. He says, nothing can be better than the Argos beating Hamilton on Labor Day at the Donut Bucks in Florida Heat. Saw beer cans being thrown at Argo fans. I didn't even tell you. At the high school game Friday, I thought there was going to be a fight in the stands. It made me uncomfortable. We'll talk about that a little later on. Uh, Chris in Heidelberg, Ontario says, LOL, I said on Friday that the streak for Caleros had to end sometime. And it did. Wilf in Steinbach, Manitoba writes "said He says, Hi, Rod. Moose, great effort by the riders. Brain fart by Pete Robertson. Caleros went down pretty easy. And why didn't the Bombers rush to confront Robertson? but it deserved a game suspension. They're saying Zach flopped. I'm not passing it along whether I believe he did or not, just what they're saying. Chad in Minnedosa, Manitoba writes in and he says, I can't listen to the show live today, but I know the Bomber-Rider game will be a big topic. I was at the game. I'm a Bomber season ticket holder. The Riders outplayed the Bombers in all three phases of the game. They were the better team and deserved to win. They whipped their butts. They actually did. Sask did, and that's what they're bad about over in Winnipeg. And they're just misguiding the anger towards me and Pete Robertson. Uh, and week uh, point three is week one college football notes. We'll carry this over into the next segment. Uh, but I want your take on the audience's take on the transfer portal. And I've, a guy this morning got me tinge in my mind on that it's a bad thing. And that Colorado went from a 30-year doormat, the Buffaloes, to the biggest story in week one of U.S. college football. Is it a good thing or a bad thing What Coach Prime? has pulled off there in Colorado. And some of the other big games, Blue Jays, NFL, and a little hockey stuff. This, by the way, is live. This is no green screen behind me. Darren can vouch. I would change it up a little bit. I got some TV folks that are saying, hey, you live in the most beautiful place in the world. Why don't you show people? That's what we're doing, man. And uh, it's fun to be on the air on our first show of September. Is not it? something? It like is. That. We'll be right. A WQEE Radio Podcast and YouTube Live.
3: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate?
2: Opening a brand new week on a Tuesday. It is our show at one thousand seventy four Coming your way from South Florida and... us TV and Keith. Walls. fuck, well, live and I'll see you there. I in the There's something that's better than a doubleheader. You see the play the part. So, set the clock key. We can bring the moves in at any time, guys. I'll up. This for my favorite hockey team on the globe tonight is the red china Pats Blue and the intro squad, and you get
1: in and set away. you jinxed it, Clark. You jinxed it. You jinxed it. He brought up in the break that there was maybe a little bit of latency with Rod's internet connection, maybe a little. It's not bad. And then coming out of the br- uh, 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 he, uh, uh, so that's okay. You can wear that one. Um, look at Rod wanted to get into, into NCAA college football. I, I, I made out that he was, uh, had just mentioned the uh, Regina Pats blue and white intersquad squad game. That's coming up. I got the email about it as well. God's team, as he likes to call the Regina Pats, uh, one of Canada's oldest junior hockey league, uh, junior hockey teams, plays in the Western Hockey League, of uh, the Canadian Hockey League, but... College football. And there were some doozies on the weekend when it comes to NCAA college football. And guys, you know the drill. When Rod's back, throw him on the screen. The least of which was last night. Um, Duke, if you can believe this, Duke, in an ACC battle, upset the number nine-ranked Clemson Tigers. Unranked Duke beat the number nine seed, the Clemson Tigers. Okay, let's bring in Rod.
4: We yeah. got you.
2: Hi. Story. Hi. I don't you're know. I wish I knew a down. little bit more. Yeah, I wish I knew a little bit more about tech, but uh, Clark gave me some instructions as to what to do, and I feel like I'm fine. Um, and, hey, you're doing a great job there. there. Yeah, there's something weird going on with the Internet here today. Okay. Um, but tonight is the Pats Blue and White game, and it's one of my favorite games of the year anywhere because you know why the pats can't lose it's the pats versus the pats <laughs> you know the end of training camp before preseason begins and uh it's ten dollars to get in and initially i thought that's too much money for a junior hockey intra squad game and then i thought well when i first began in 1995 calling the vagina pats games when i was 22 it was two dollars maybe it's time they bumped up the cost of getting it. So it's $10 <laughs> and a non-perishable food item for the food bank, and then $15 if you don't bring a food item. So anyways, that's tonight at the Brand Center. And uh, yeah, that was my main point on that. So I don't know what's going on here, at Moose, with the internet, but we're getting through it. And uh, we are fine. So do the college thing. We got to talk about the college thing. Because I had a... a an audience member is probably watching right now. His name's Devin. He's like, You really got to stick with the college football thing, man, because everybody's getting on to it. Obviously, in the betting world, it's huge. Bet Regal is our exclusive betting partner and uh, on the RP show. This upcoming weekend, it's FAU home to the Ohio Bobcats. That's Nathan Rourke's little brother, Curtis. If he plays, because he didn't play this past weekend, and they, they did win. Without Curtis Rourke, Ohio beat Long Island University, the Sharks. We mentioned earlier that FAU won here the first game under Tom Herman. But the quarterback for FAU was a transfer from Nebraska. These players are going everywhere. And that's the point that I kind of wanted to get to. The poster child for the insanity That is college football right now, and I think you would agree, is Deion Primetime Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes. He switched schools. He brought 80 players with him. And then they go into Fort Worth and win at TCU on Saturday, 45-42. The defending national runners-up. I saw you tweeting about it, how wild the game was. It was one of, and I was watching it pretty closely, one of the few big upsets of the day. And I put a poll on Instagram. Are you cheering for Coach Prime or are you not? Because his bravado, he's got his own prime stitched on his own jacket. He's wearing $3,000 sunglasses. It's always about him. But that actually attracts a lot of people too. It turns a lot of people off. But a lot of people are magnetized to that. And they like it. So I guess to clarify and land the plane, Moose, I was upset the Blue Jays gave George Springer $25 million a year. And Mike Wilner said to me on this show, it's not your money, Rod. It's a good point. Why would I be upset about kids jumping schools twice and playing for three schools in their university tenure and coaches doing the same thing? Why would I care?
1: I shouldn't. So maybe I don't have a problem with the transfer portal. You? Um, I do and I don't. I mean... The spirit of the transfer portal is one thing. Using it as a bona fide free agency or a way to make trades um, probably is, is abusing it or finding the loopholes. But if the loopholes are there, um, who am I to say you shouldn't exploit them and use them if you can do it within the rules? Um, Dion's interesting because he, he is, yeah, you said a magnet, and he is. He's that personality that people just want to be around, though, especially these kids who, you know, Dion's big on social, and he's all about the brand, and getting it out there, and, and I ain't hard to find, and, and kids want to be attracted to that, because they see the spotlight, they see that as an opportunity to be seen, to get noticed, to get to the next level, right, and now we're talking about Travis Hunter, he said, maybe, I, you know, that he could be a, a Heisman winner, and, you know, Dion's son, Shadur Sanders, throwing over 500 yards. Now he's going to get a look, you know, um, at the Heisman or the NFL draft or these other things that come along with being in the spotlight. So I don't necessarily hate it. The issue that's going to come around is that all these other coaches, all these other programs are going to hire a coach and say, You see what Dion did over there, Rod? You got to do that here with uh, Eastern Tennessee, right? Or Eastern Michigan. I need you to do that. I need you to turn this program around and you got two years to do it. Or you got to do it in a year and the, the reality is deon sanders they're few and far between right not every head coach is deon sanders not every head coach is that out there and that um has the bravado and is going to be that aggressive and is going to be that magnetic that players are just going to jump to just follow him blindly wherever they go Dion is rare so this may be happening in 80 players as came, came across the Colorado, but I don't think that's going to be something that we see routinely in college football.
2: Um, who knows? But I guess the point is it's given everybody a reason to watch and either cheer for Colorado or cheer against Colorado, whatever it's got people interested. And that's what the whole idea is. So I, by the way, I apologize. I'm not ignoring you. I'm just trying to get back online here with my, uh, commentary Yeah, internet issues happens everywhere, right? So stick with me. Um oh yeah. You were going to go to Michigan but you decided not to go to the big house.
1: Uh we were that talking about that this morning. Is that still a th- Yeah, that was going to be the plan this weekend. I think it's going to be not a game time decision but close to a you know, trying to manage my schedule, um calling games, uh, university football games in Canada out west and where the open weeks were. Um, there's an opportunity to go to Ann Arbor and watch the game on Saturday, so may do that. The only other one that worked into my schedule was the final game of the year, and that was the home game against Ohio State, the big rivalry game. The problem is it's been sold out for months, and tickets on the secondary market are 650 bucks a pop. So probably not going to go watch Michigan-Ohio State at the, end of the, at the end of the year.
2: Okay. Um, well, there's always next year. So. Yes do 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 okay. rock and rolling 902-518-3033 is the text line to reach us in the studio it's presented by emj marketing nice work boys 902-518-3033 carlos in indianapolis says uh you're breaking up rod i think we're good now they do want to talk about the cfl games on the weekend and i Get that. I think you made a really good point. I've never been able to look at it from the league's perspective. And after 35 years, I never will. I think you... I'm not, I'm not going to now. You brought up a good point. If we suspend him for a game, it diffuses the whole situation. And now nobody's mad. Even the Riders can't argue we deserved a one-game suspension. Winnipeg's not so mad because he's now been disciplined. What do you... I mean, the game Saturday, if it hasn't been announced, as a sellout yet. It will be. Um... What do you think the atmosphere will be like? And by the way, who do you think will win? Like, I had, I was talking to a football coach on either Saturday or Sunday. I can't remember. We're like, what are you thinking about this Labor Day game in Regina? I said, I think the Riders going to win. He goes, I do too. And it was just a feeling that I had. But you can also – but the Riders don't generally lose on Labor Day weekend. I think they're now 38-17 yeah. and 17 all time. Whatever that winning percentage. Gosh knows I'm not good at math. We've discovered that. Um – but they habitually lose in the Banjo Bowl. So I don't think they're taking any momentum into Winnipeg this weekend, I really don't. Winnipeg lost to a third string quarterback. Quite frankly, when the dust settles, we'll look back on the 2023 Labor Day Classic in Saskatchewan, Rocky Butler game in 2003, the Kerry Joseph game in 2007, right? It was a one-off, it's different. There's trends and records don't matter, but they don't usually go to Winnipeg and win, not unless the Bombers are junk, and this Bomber team is not junk. So I think Winnipeg wins this weekend.
1: Yeah, it's got that making, you know, of a game like that. And you look at even the overtime, you know, on Sunday. Um, The Riders go down and score. They make the two-point conversion. And then one play, Caleros in the end zone. And they just didn't make the two-point conversion or that game continues. Um, This has a bit of a a make. They're on the, the edge, teetering on the edge of like, Winnipeg could blow them out on the weekend. You know, it has one of those games where they're like, you know, so mad that they lost and played so poorly that they just have a week of like, we're going to run you and we're gonna we're gonna, you know, bear down and we're gonna grind and then we're going to win this game emphatically on Saturday. So that could happen. I expect it to still be not a blowout, but it's easy to see how Winnipeg could come back and win this game. They split the week, the two weekends, and move on. I could see it.
2: Uh, A couple quick points here. The Toronto Blue Jays scored three runs in the 10th inning and edged the Oakland A's 6-5 Monday. Clutch hits by Santiago Espanol, Kevin Biggio, and Spencer Horwitz in the 10th generated the key runs. The Jays trail the Rangers by a half game now for the third American League wildcard playoff berth. But I swear, with the NFL starting up this weekend, we're talking about college in full swing, the Jays move to the back burner fast, if they haven't already. And I do want to spend 90 seconds on this, like hockey notes. Is this just been? The quietest offseason ever, not just in the NHL, but overall in all of hockey. And by the way, our hockey coverage is brought to you by Common Crown Brewing Company. Head down to the tap room Thursday through Saturday, noon to 8 p.m. Check out Common Crown Brewing at commoncrown.ca. They will be sponsoring our sports updates and our hockey coverage. But, dude, this is my third season now covering the NHL in terms of front lines. There's been nothing go on since the first week of free agency, for the most part. Safe for Austin
1: Matthews extension and stuff. But, I mean, the last week, what's happened? Like, nothing. I know. And isn't this what the CFL, this is a dream scenario for the Canadian Football League? Is that the NHL goes quiet, uh, NFL hasn't started, and you've got the whole thing to yourself. The Jays are bad. So you've got the whole thing to yourself. And the product's been pretty good this year, right? Yeah you got some good quarterbacks, you got some playmakers, the games have been good. So I think this is a dream scenario for the Canadian football. Like I think the ratings have been on the rise. So it's good. They need to really continue to capitalize on this and, and, and continue this momentum as they move through the year, but into next year as well. Um, but you're right. It's, it's been really quiet. There was that. It seems like eons ago that we went through the Brad Tree Living and the Kyle Dubas thing out here and, you know, Ryan Huska and Daryl Sutter in Calgary. That seems like a long time ago. So you're right. Like everybody's been at the cottage and, and at the lake, and it feels like it's been just silent. But I think that'll change in three weeks.
2: Right away, yeah. Uh, Rick in Martinsville writes in. He says, I'm tired of hearing the Bombers played poorly. Come on. Yeah, well, they did, both mentally and physically. If you're tired of it, turn your television off. It's gotten into you. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Phil writes in. He says, good day, good day. In regards to your poll question, one game seems fair. From what the TSN angles were showing, it seems Zach and the defense were yapping back and forth. We got to pick up on that in hour two. Zach, they're saying Zach Claro's mouthed him off so he deserved to get headbutted. You can't do that. Go talk to a cop. You can say whatever the hell you stand there and yap like a damn little chihuahua. You can't turn and drill that guy. You just can't. You got to be a bigger man than that and have more patience. Just because somebody mouthed you off doesn't mean you can go drill them. Hey, God knows I wish you could. You can't. Okay, Moose, I'll see you in hour two, okay? You bet. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. I feel like we're just getting rolling. We're live on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, WQEE podcast, and uh, that's it. (laughs) See you in a few. In the lid on brand new week. Welcome inside the RP Show, episode number 1074. We are on the Game Plus Television Network all across Ontario, of course, on Kojiko Rogers Cable. Now, just over a week, we've been on Shaw Rogers Cable Channel 230. Thanks for joining us. All right, from CHCH Television in Hamilton and the Ty Cats Audio Network, our friend Clint Bubba O'Neill joins us. And before we get to the other Labor Day games, i got to talk about yours, uh, Bubba, if you don't mind. Ty Cats falling 41-28 to the Argos in a game that was never in doubt. I didn't watch it all, but I was following the scores. What was your take on the Argos romping to 9-1 and one at the coffee cup uh, donut box on Monday?
4: Well, you know what, Rod? First of all, there's a lot of ambient noise going on. They're ripping out uh, every balcony in my place right now. So it's like 24-7. I can't stand it. It's driving me nuts. So I apologize for the extra ambient noise that you might be hearing. A lot of grinding going on. But speaking of grinding, there wasn't a lot of grinding on the football field there. Uh, You know, it it was tough. There was actually a time there where they got it to within 7.1710 to start the the second half, and that's about as close as they got. Hey, the Argonauts are in a completely different league than the Tiger Cats are in right now when they have a third-string quarterback. I mean, uh, you're getting, I think, the benefit of it in Saskatchewan and some other places where uh, Ottawa actually had a little burst there with the backup quarterbacks. At the end of the day, your quarterback is learning on the job against one of the premier teams in the league. It was great to have the home crowd kept them in it for a little bit, but uh, you're right, they, we, we, I, this game really was never close. I was really fearing the fact that if the Argonauts went up early on the Tiger Cats, their offense isn't really built enough to be in a comeback situation. The Argonauts were true to to, to, to as, as, as true blue as they could be. They went up by 17 to nothing in the first quarter and just kind of, you know, did, did what was required for the rest of the ball game to win and run away with it in the end.
2: Well, I'm not hearing a lot of angst out of the hammer unless it's, you know, I'm missing something. Maybe I'm too far away, but they're hosting the great cup, Bubba. News flashed everybody. Yeah. And it don't look like they're going to be in it. So what's the panic feeling around there?
4: Well, you know, I think it's controlled. I think there's an understanding. Remember, I mean, and, and I know you well charted this, as we all did in the Canadian Football League, the big off-season move in the league was the acquisition of Bo Levi Mitchell. Right, and the guys played a, a, basically a game in a little bit, right? With due to injury, and then came back, played a great game, I, I thought, in Ottawa, and then on one of the final plays of the year, ends up breaking his leg. So, like it's 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 been really, really unfortunate. And then you get the likes of a Matthew Schultz, and you always want to have, you know, in the Canadian Football League, you need to have a, a, an established backup, and he played and he played well, and then he becomes injured. So I think from that point, the fan expectation has sunk. And I think the thoughts of maybe hosting the Great Cup, they are beginning to dissipate somewhat. We'll say this. It's the Canadian Football League. I will say this. There's a time where Schultz and M- and by Mitchell will be back. And it's nothing against Taylor Powell, but the expectations of hosting the Great Cup have sunk with the fact that you're riding out a third string quarterback that is learning on the go. Fourth fourth game was was this week. So it's tough.
2: Ty, you're, you're speaking like a true home team radio host. It's like, calm down. Just got to get it together in time. Hey, you've learned, buddy. Good job. Been yeah. there. Um, <laughs> Yay, yeah, just let me, before we switch to the NFL, how would it go over in Hamilton if and when Chad Kelly and the Argos are playing in there and dressing in the Ticats locker room?
4: Well, they, they didn't really like it. What they didn't like, too, I don't know if you saw this. I'm sure the TSN highlights. I couldn't watch it again because it angered me so much was the Oolette touchdown pass and celebration where they brought out this anvil. I don't know. They had this anvil somewhere on the sidelines. They, someone went to the sideline, grabbed an anvil, and as if they were pounding the Tiger Cats, they got this celebration, and, and it just annoyed people. And it, as you well know, with the sask and and uh, and winnipeg and of course the the battle of alberta no one wants to see this kind of stuff in your own building so and it's tough because the argos are such a good club but they really let tie cats nation know about uh, about their dominance and uh, and and you know what then they were talking a lot of smack and uh, but then again when you have the record they have the way that they have played really chad kelly has been outstanding uh Every game that he's completed, they've won, so at some point you got to just you know let bygones be bygones and say, "Hey, you know, uh, you guys are pretty good, and good luck to you." Well, if you don't like it, stop them. I've <laughs> been <about> around that <laughs> dance a long well, you're time. Right. Too. and you're right right you're absolutely right and 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 it's it, it becomes that simple there rod, when they're when they're that good, and you know. I just hope that at some point, as a Ty Cats broadcaster, or a Hamilton uh, sportscaster, at some point, and you know that you know I've got a little friendly rivalry going on with the likes of a Mike Hogan, who I know you've had on your show. Uh, that you know what we can rub it in their face eventually at some point, but I, right now it's their time
2: uh you're in deep in bills country I'm deep in Dolphins country bitter AFC mm-hmm. East rivals um mm-hmm. uh, what's the talk about the Bills as we are in week one kickoff
4: all I'm hoping Rod is that do you remember how much we were in love with the AFC West last year when oh. Russell Wilson went there and we were like oh my goodness what a, like what is going to happen in the AFC West And it turned out to be one of the dog shows of the year. And so you add Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets, who have uh, just a heck of a defense, and he's got some tools there uh, in New York as well. You never know what's coming out of New England, as long as the head coach is Belichick, I still fear. And now this Miami team, who've defeated the Bills and played them pretty competitively with that, that Skyler Thompson in the playoffs, the Bills are worried. There's no doubt about it. They're, this is no easy uh, jack to the playoffs or to win the AFC East even. So this is going to be extremely competitive. I see some really good football coming up. Home, As always in the AFC, home field advantage will be massive. You know, with the, with the Miami and the Buffalo thing, it's like Buffalo, Miami coming to Buffalo later in the year when it starts to get a little frigid. And generally, we're going into South Florida when it is hot and humid. The game last year where the Dolphins defeated the Bills was a game where I have never seen so many players just basically lost because of the heat. Like, I mean, people, players were dropping like flies because of the humidity. And they all talked about it, too. That is true home field advantage. And the Miami, certainly, they practice in that stuff. The Bills certainly don't.
2: Oh, man, I was at that game. the players, it was bad. There were Bills fans on the concourse, passed out, and that wasn't drinking. I know those Buffalo people and been, Bill, you know, it wasn't that. God, it it was the a, heat. Might, might have been a little mix. <laughs> they were Friendly propping them, them up and, and fanning. That was the game of the infamous butt punt. I have to be very careful yeah. with how I say that. Uh, it was. It's a definite, definite home team advantage. However, Don't forget, Dolphins went up there in the playoffs and it was a swing. The Bills won one in the cold, right? So
4: it it, it does play the other way, right? It it certainly can. But, you know, we're all all on a red alert here. Again, this is another team. uh, The Bills are, in my opinion, and again, I've talked to enough people in, in Western New York and obviously being a Bills fan myself, it's going back to the Joe Ferguson days. That's how old I am. But, like... The expectation is AFC championship or bust. Like That's just what it is with this team at this point. They have drafted well. They have added a real good tight end through the draft. I think that Josh Allen, another year removed from, uh, in terms of getting experience and being one of the top athletes at that position uh, and really assuming that leadership position as well, too. Uh, getting Vaughn Miller back and uh, losing him last year was massive to uh, losing him to what is a very good defense. So most of the guys are back on defense as well, too. You know, you got the the Hamlin story as well, too. He's back with the club. Uh, They're a motivated crew. But again, AFC championship or bust. And you know what? Will it be Kansas City again? Will it be Miami? Boy, that would be a lot of fun, Rod. Well,
2: everybody's in first place this week. Bubba, thanks for the time. I appreciate you. Say hey to twos for me, please.
4: Absolutely. And uh, Twos loves you guys. I mean, we were talking about it on the broadcast about the, the Labor Day rivalry and how fun it was, not only from the Hamilton and Toronto perspective, but also from the Winnipeg and Sask. What that game, and I know you, you've been talking about it, that game had everything. You, that crowd at that field, the overtime, the headbutt. What a game. And I just finished doing CFL this week and had Glenn Suter on the broadcast. And you know, he's waving that green pretty pretty thick. That was a special game. And hopefully, let's see uh, the banjo bowl be just as good. That's why we call them classics. Have a good one, Bubba. Appreciate
2: it. Always oh, it a pleasure. Thank you. We'll be right back with a sports update for Common Crown Brewing right after this. We're live on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio, Podcast, and YouTube Live.
0: Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: It is going to be a quickie here, everybody. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get to your comments, but maybe, maybe. Text lines open 902-518-33. It's presented by EMJ Marketing. But right now it's time for a sports update for Common Crown Brewing. The Toronto Blue Jays will be aiming to extend their win streak to three games tonight when they play host of the Oakland A's. Chris Bassett. Wait a minute. Are they not? They're in Oakland, are they not? Chris Bassett will be on the mound for the Jays, who start the day a half game behind the Texas Rangers for the third and final American League wildcard playoff spot. Lefty Ken Waldachuk will be on the mound for the A's, who lost 6-5 in 10 innings to the Jays on Monday. The NFL regular season begins this week, and several star players could miss their respective team openers due to contract disputes. The KC Chiefs are dealing with defensive tackle Chris Jones' absence. The 49ers are without lineman Nick Bosa. The Colts will be without disgruntled 2021 NFL rushing champion Jonathan Taylor. Um, How disappointing is that? It's week one, and all the talk is of the holdouts. I'm just checking my score app. Yeah, it's Jays at Oakland. When they play, oh, when they play the host Oakland A's. I read it wrong. That's on me. I was like 940 Eastern first pitch. They got to be on the road. The Canadian men's basketball team. Yeah. The Canadian men's basketball team with a berth to the 2024 Paris Olympics locked up will make final preparations today for the FIBA World Cup quarterfinals. Are you following this? I'm very loosely following this. Canada has a final eight date with Slovenia on Wednesday. Canada advanced to the quarterfinals with an exciting 88 85 come from behind victory over Spain on Sunday. Semifinals are set for Friday. I'm following it because I got close friends involved in it. Mike Morielli's tweeting about it, the commissioner of the CEBL, the Ticat's great. Arash Bedani's part of the broadcast crew over there. So good for them. It's not the biggest basketball guy over here. I got enough on my plate. Last minute of play in hour one. Sports updates are for Common Crown Brewing. They've got the perfect craft beer for your enjoyment, featuring their core five Good Company Hazy Pale Ale, Common Crown Crafted Lager, Journeyman IPA, Brewmaster Blonde Ale, and Cooper Smith Brown Ale four of which sit below 5% ABV, making them the ideal beer for your everyday common affair. I had a brewery tour. Tyler, the brewmaster, when he talked about beer, his eyes lit up. So you're talking about a local Calgary brewery. Check him out. Common Crown Brewing. Hour two coming up with the Moose. will slow things down and get into a lot more of what you would like to talk about. We will be involving the audience. By the way, I'll be going on Winnipeg Sports Talk this afternoon. Seems like I've riled up fan bases of both teams, Bombers and Riders, which is just perfect. We'll be right back after this brief pause on Game Plus and Key Radio.